Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of the X Button. I am one of your hosts, Alejandro, and with me is the birthday boy, not sick of Omicron yet. Paul, oh, hey everybody. How you doing, Paul? It's been. I'm doing well. It's been um, it's been a couple extra days, hasn't it? Yeah, I was sick. I had lost my voice. I have it back, but it just serendipitously, I lost it when we were gonna record. <laughs> so, and. Uh, Ironically, also speaking, because we didn't, uh, we usually have been breaking down the episodes, like we do news, that goes live, we do right. what we've been playing, or a topic if there's time, that goes live, and then we put all the things together. This week, we're just putting the whole thing together because of our late recordings. Uh, yep. Unlike, it, we were going old school again, how we used to do it. But other than that, how's been your birthday, Paul, now that you're 29? It's been awesome. I got to do a lot of extra little things yesterday was mostly my celebration day. Because of I your got, off day. Um, yes, I got cake. I got to go out to get some breakfast at a local place in the French Quarter. I got to um, go hang out with some friends. And then this weekend, I'm going to the Renaissance Fest, which Ooh. is a yearly thing down where we're at. Is that in December? And, yeah, it's... Um, it's like right after thanksgiving and then it ends on like december roughly 8th ish um and i've been going there for my uh birthday every year for the past like four or five years and buying like one piece of medieval clothing each year so that one day i will have a full get up and i am up to um i have a sword a uh tunic shirt i have a cloak and that's it. <laughs> I need to see pictures whenever you go. I, I will make sure uh, to post pictures about it. I and, need Zach um, to make a meme out of it. Oh, I'm sure he will. I have <laughs> a few from previous years, actually. Um, but I'll, I'll update the pictures and send that over. And as you can see, my cat has come to, to visit me. Hey, as cat well. with a big, long tail. <laughs> hey there. You can see it. <laughs> he can hear. He can't hear me. Uh, what have you been doing, Alejandro? Other than trying to recover from losing my voice. Nothing. Just from home. Good thing it wasn't COVID. That was my big fear, but everything can be COVID these days. So I'm just glad it wasn't. So I got, the, and surprisingly didn't even play much. And uh, since we're doing, doing it old school, we're flipping the format right now and going to the games we've been playing. So Paul, what have you been playing? I've been playing a bunch of things, um, most of which carried over from last week, so I'm not mm. going to waste time on all that. Uh, a few honorable mentions is, of course, I've been getting further in Doom Eternal. I got mm -hmm. all the things that I need to continue the gameplay loop. Um, that game is very fun. As always, I love the music. I've been listening to the f uh, 2016 game on Spotify because mm -hmm. they do not have Doom Eternal soundtrack on there yet. Which is so weird. Why isn't it there? <laughs> um, there's playlists that use music here and there from other things, but um, not like the actual album. I don't get it. But anyway, playing a lot of that. <clears throat> I finished uh, Absolute Drift. It was a random indie game that I mentioned last week, mm -hmm. and it is so fun, honestly. I like it. 
really started clicking for me. It's so therapeutic. They use like chill lo-fi beats while you're just kind of drifting through. Um, and it was really nice. Then I played uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider because you mentioned that you played it. Yes. And to be fair, like you had an interesting experience because once again, did. you have no sense of what is performance mode or an enhanced no. mode. Well, it just uh, did it on its own. And I didn't realize that it did that. Um, and of course it didn't really give me a proper explanation for what they do once mm -hmm. again. And I had to look up online and ask you which one you're supposed to if do. If you just and... hover over them, the explanation is to the yeah. right. I, I realized that after the fact, um, <laughs> because I was just like, why does this game suck? Why am I well, not like not suck, aiming. performance? Aiming yeah, aiming was terrible. I couldn't hit anything. I was just basically running and gunning, hip firing, because that's all I could rely on. And uh, once I switched over to performance mode, it was a crisp 60 and I enjoyed myself much more. Um, I will say. Rise of the Tomb Raider has a very weird pacing thing for me, and maybe it's a personal thing. But as you know, like the Tomb Raider series is a little bit more separated on, all right, you got your combat encounter and it gets mm -hmm. really crazy. And it's it's a little tropey. It doesn't have that organic, like we're gonna flow through our set pieces really nice. It's more like, okay, quick time events, mash the button. We're gonna like really just hammer it home and go maybe a little too big. And then all of a sudden it just ends and you're like, oh, okay, so now we just explore now mm -hmm. and we mess around. Um, so and I, I like about that because it's a change I, of pace. It is, but um, it's so abrupt that it's like, it's there's no falling action. It's just, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it's the craziest thing ever. And then, and then you're like, all right, we're just going to chill now. And I was just like, oh, okay, so that's what's happening. And, and I think they balanced it better in the, the reboot, the first reboot, I think. No, Better, it's worse. Oh, that's okay. even worse. That's even that's even more like. I didn't more, like more the hub area. I will say, but like the early part of the reboot was good because it was a lot more focused. I thought. And that's and that's the thing, like that. Um, when you try to compare the Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider reboot to like something like Uncharted, the big difference is that the Tomb Raider games give you those hubs to explore, to go back to. It has yeah. that kind of Metroid style of. We can go back to this because now we have something different to access this area that we couldn't do. And that is always an interesting thing when it comes to pacing uh, because you have your very segmented Uncharted-like linearity and then you have those wide open areas. And Right, uh, which is weird that there's no... It's like they try to mash both of those together and I realize that I'm once again trapped in a Metroidvania. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, where you is, click the R3 to see where you need to go because know, apparently you're getting lost. I, I remember it's basically the Hitman uh, instinct sense mm -hmm. or the eagle vision, but then I forget that it also shows you your objective when you do that. Because mm -hmm. I, I kept going back to the map, excuse me, uh, the map, which is zero help. It's once again the control problem where it's just a 2D image with devoid of any actual uh, hallways and alleyways you run through and cliff sides and everything. And I'm just like, I don't even know where I am and how to get to this thing. So after you told me that, I would like to go back again. Um, and then I know you have some more thoughts on those things, <laughs> but um, I'll let you speak on it on your time. Mm -hmm. uh, I played 
a little bit of Red Dead Redemption 2, just the online. Mm -hmm. Not too much. Just wanted to get back into the feel of it. And it's because nice, I, someone kept telling you about their experience and it kind of yep, put it in and, your um, mind. Like, like I was saying, I'm going to let you uh, speak a little more on that. But at least for me, I tried the survival mode, which at first was really great. So what is that? What is that survival mode? Is that a so horde mode? Is that a what is it? More or less. Uh, what they did was, if you remember the survival mode in GTA Online, it Not was basically... Better. Okay, so... Um, that's right, I forget that. The survival mode for GTA Online used to be the most uh, easy way to get a lot of money in the online mode before all the heists and everything. You'd get into this one little area, it was you and three other people, and there would be just AI waves, and you had to take them all out, next mm -hmm. wave, take them all out, just like Horde, it's Horde basically. Mode, mm -hmm. It was almost impossible to do unless you used exploits or um, got into very specific places where the AI couldn't just snipe mm. you perfectly gta has a problem with that uh red dead redemption 2 it's using a concept like that where you just have like valentine as a city mm -hmm. and people are going to come in the whole thing is though that it's not about you surviving as much as it is protecting 10 ai in the area trusting ai to survive is a little tricky um as i'm sure you know mm -hmm. what it's cool though is um it gives you 30 sec uh, five minutes at the start of the game to tell you walk up to the uh, ai character tell them hey follow me bring them to an area to tell them to hunker down and whenever you get to that area they hunker down and they have a better chance of surviving between each wave you can heal them up to full health um but it's like manual inputs it's more like something to keep you busy in between rounds mm -hmm. um they have a ammo drops all that good stuff the only problem is that um there's like a steep difficulty curve like you just walk through it easy and then around like rank five or six they roll up in like armored carriages and throw grenades and dynamite and stuff and you just your ai dudes are getting wiped out left and right um and i've never actually managed to get through the whole thing yet um because the first time it was just me that matched made into a round by myself and the other time had two other people to help me out and um we would just keep dying and it, it sucked a rock, <laughs> so, a rockstar game with technical problems online with on an online rockstar game with technical yeah. problems that they haven't fixed what a surprise anything so, yeah. else paul <laughs> um the last things that i will mention and give over my time to you is of course i've been still playing battlefield 2042 with my friends um almost each night this week uh mm -hmm. maybe a couple here and there that we didn't but um playing all the modes trying to figure out what's uh the best way to play that game we realized that the only reliable way to unlock uh to play the game i'll give you the the gameplay loop you play your regular conquests and breakthrough modes mm -hmm. but of course it's so wide that you might only get a few kills and of course each kill is what you get weapon attachments you get to get like 40 or 50 of those to unlock the next attachment sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you have to go into uh, the AI version of um, the breakthrough and co uh, conquest, kill a bunch of AI so that you can get all of your weapon experience. And then you go into things like portal where mm -hmm. it nerfs your weapon experience. So like you get five kills, it counts it as one to unlock weapon experience. Mm -hmm. And um, but then, of course, in the AI mode, you can only get a certain amount of 
account experience to level up, which actually <laughs> unlocks the weapons. Okay. So you have to play something different, either Portal or the main modes to do that. And then, of course, you unlock the weapons. Got to go back to the AI to unlock all the weapon attachments. And then you go back and you go back and you go back. <laughs> and that's how you play the game. That sounds so exhausting. It is. And, so, um, oh, my God. <laughs> they're constantly having to work on... Uh, bugs and problems with balancing with the vehicles currently um they have this all-terrain vehicle that has missiles on the front of it it's just tearing people apart um they nerfed the hovercrafts already the helicopters are just crazy powerful but each it's like people are figuring out how to get better at it mm -hmm. um and they're they're learning like okay well this loadout and this gadget has to be what i use and then there's like five people all blowing up helicopters so i will say after all of my thrashing i'm remembering one thing about battlefield is that normally it ends up being super unbalanced and then people figure out how to specifically counter that thing and then it becomes everyone using anti-air missiles and then somebody's going to get something else that counteracts that, and then people are going to counteract that, and it just goes back and forth forever until. And then people become snipers, and the people become snipers, and then you can exactly. never uh, counteract them. And then it's always running, uh, uh, running, looking for a fight, and then you immediately die, and then have to wait for the super slow as respawn. I realize I don't like the battlefield loop, <laughs> especially if it's not on a smaller scale. It is a challenge. What I did find out, the last thing I'll mention on Battlefield, is that they added a rush mode into their portal so that you can play all of the 2042 maps, weapons, and all that stuff, but play rush itself, which is much smaller. I think it's like 16 versus 16. Mm -hmm. And you keep, mo um, you keep moving through the map. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You keep moving through the map. It's much smaller, so much quicker. Um, and then like, you can play a whole round in maybe 10 to 15 minutes and then you're off to the next one there's no intro cutscene none of that it's easy um so that's that's what i've been doing and i'm gonna keep an eye on it but mm -hmm. i'm also not going to stay too focused on it either. um has the 300 fixes being patched in yet that they announced yes that was yesterday mm -hmm. um and it did help a few things like the ua is ui is a little less cluttered um it's easier to see if there are people around you that can heal you and revive you um just like in previous battlefields something they took out of the game um and now people are currently up in arms over the skins because battlefield the santa the santa EA, suit. <laughs> yes um so they they were like don't worry guys we got a really realistic we got it like the custom art uh, co concept art excuse me is like super realistic futuristic it's awesome the ai look great and uh then we're going to put in a santa costume for two of the characters for you to buy with real money and we're it, like what did you work. not it's um the, like... the funniest thing about this is that people knew about this this was a skin that they asked people if they liked the aesthetic of back in march before the game came out the game everyone... wasn't even announced and yeah, they were asking um, for that they were asking like the ideas of it or something and people yeah. said it was like internal uh everyone like downvoted it as an idea and they still put these out. are the exact same <laughs> images that are now officially being shown or data mined i don't remember what they're doing but anyway it's uh it's uh it's jersey shore over here at mm -hmm. uh battlefield hq let me tell you yeah <laughs>
Last thing I played like five minutes of before I went to bed last night was Assassin's Creed Revelations. Yeah, and you posted an awesome video of an incredible glitch. Of... <laughs> it was How did that so work? good. That was the first enemy I faced in the entire game. And that's what happened. So yes. I realized I am in for a treat. Yes. Um, the, the thing is that that game was never broken in the extra collection ever. So exactly. It's funny I don't that remember it... glitches even really happening until a certain point in my life when people couldn't keep up with mm -hmm. these games. No, when uh, sharing became such an easy thing to do in consoles. So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, my goodness. It's so I'll just speak briefly on like the uh experience of restarting that game because i got it for like 12 bucks mm -hmm. um they During are the end of year sale definitely in the uh up their own butts with the modern day story mm -hmm. with um that dude wearing the most like late 2000s era baggy jeans mm -hmm. and hoodie uh was so funny and then the <laughs> other dude wearing something i swear i used to wear in high school with like the, the subject 16 dude that yeah, 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 the rolled the up end. button yeah. down that looks kind of military and i was like i i literally have that in my closet i used to wear it all the time and um it's terrible. So it's uh it's funny to look back on that. It's really like preachy about it. I'm just like, man, this is so crazy. L being off of the end of Brotherhood with the craziness with Lucy and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, they haven't established that she was a traitor yet. I don't remember when they say that. You have though. to do the side stuff from within there, which is like the first person portal like okay. thing it's optional so you don't have to play them to beat the game then on assassin's uh -huh. creed 3 they address it like if they have already revealed it the lucy thing that's what uh, i'm remembering because i was like i thought they talked about in that in three um yeah but as the thing as of something that has already been revealed which right for people that don't do any of the first person trippy thing of playing as desmond and feeling like you're um you're playing portal doing like yeah, weird because i didn't touch loops. um that i don't think i only did it once back on ps3 when i got this game 10 years ago 10 years ago that game's 10 years old wow. that's crazy <laughs> uh, but yeah i think that should have been in the main story because Absolutely. there's some people that just don't engage on side stuff especially when it's so weird it's so anti-assassin's creed how they did it there so. It makes sense because I didn't like Revelations at the time as much as Brotherhood, so I didn't spend as much time on it. And that makes sense that I would finish Revelations, play a little bit more of it, then I was like, all right, whatever, I'm done with yeah, this. Yeah, Revelations was a too much too soon kind of game as someone that I loved, loved Because it just Brotherhood. came out the next year, didn't it? it? That was when Assassin's Creed was on a yearly schedule. After Assassin's Creed yeah. 2, the next year was Brotherhood, then the next year was Revelations, and then the next one was 3, then mm. 4, then Unity then syndicate so it was like the constant non-stop relentless schedule that eventually broke down for them with uh unity that's mm -hmm. the one that's the one that then then everyone uh, syndicate paid the price paid the price it really did which i i want to go back to that one one day i don't think i actually have it i borrowed it here's the thing friend. do you still have your ps4 with you i do, but it's not like plugged in or anything it's like hidden away if you won't ever want to play syndicate again either dust off your ps4 that's right because of the weird yeah, it's lighting the, thing yeah it's, it's one of the only games that is completely broken on ps5 sure. so, which sucks it's the only game that um that that happened to and ubisoft has just completely neglected it here's what's funny that i found out 
that problem came in one time they patched the PS4 Pro version because that game came out way before the PS4 Pro, uh, the, the, the PS4 Pro ever was a thing. Yeah. And they kind of did like a backhand. It's like, oh yeah, these games are just one year old that could still be relevant. Let's patch it so it can take advantage of the new hardware. And it had that lining problem. But now, then, does this happen to the Pro as well? Not anymore because they patched that out. Okay, but not on the 5. Oh, not on the 5. And now on the 5, is like the game's too old right now. We're focusing on other stuff. We're, we're still taking feedback. It's like, I hate it that. It means nothing, yeah. It, yeah, it means nothing, especially with what Ubisoft okay. has become, so... Well, um, yeah, so that's everything that I really played. I'm looking forward to diving more into Revelations, and I'm mm. going to have a few new additions for next week that we're really going to want to talk about. But, oh, actually, okay, uh, three <laughs> new things. Yeah, I, was I played Mafia really. Definitive Edition. Yeah, the one that um, the game that I played through Book Club when we started doing Book Club, and yes. we never continued doing Book Club. And um, it's all right. I told you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like... I, it's like the, definitely a dated game, even yeah, with uh, the beginning being made with from the ground up. Yeah, the beginning with the super slow car chase, horrible, horrible way to start. Well, the a fact game. that it's not even about your own driving that gets rid of the cars; it's literally scripted moments on the map that mm -hmm. get that to happen. And I was just like, "Oh my gosh, are they still doing that in a modern game like this?" Mm -hmm. And like they made this from the ground up; they should be able to do something about that. But um, yeah, I kind of want to see how it looks visually on PS5 because I I played that game on PS4 back in May. It looks great, I will say. It's fantastic, the city, the feel of it. Um, but I didn't get very far in the story because it was just like, I don't know if it was doing enough different for me. And I'm a little tired out on some of Mafia's style of storytelling. It's like, ah, oh, we're the Mafia, we're the Mafia. We're going to keep talking about being the Mafia. Mm. And it's what like nothing tired else. you? We barely had any Mafia stuff. Well, no, so it's not about that as much i did replay mafia 3 recently and it mm. basically plays the exact same way um it's down to the aiming right it's i mean yeah just like that but then also um from the story perspective it's just another story of random guy gets helped by the mafia decides to help the mafia continues to get way into deep it's like i've heard the story a million times at this point mm -hmm. um and it basically it's just they're trying to make a video game version of goodfellas and i'm like all right guys could do something different come on um and maybe heard this that's was done back bit... in 2002 so well it's still after the, the movies <laughs> yeah. um had come out so it's like i'm realizing it now especially in this context it's like I don't know. It just doesn't feel like enough for me anymore. Um, but maybe that's just a pretentious thing to say. Um, the next thing I played a little bit of was Prey. Mm -hmm. Finally, I had this game back in like September and I just never touched it. <laughs> okay. Because it was like 10 bucks or something. And I've always wanted to. I love everything that Arcane Studios makes. Um, and then I, uh, I got through the Mimics portion. I love the opening of it so much where it's like, you think it's one way and they kind of pull the rug out from under mm -hmm. you. Um, I remember playing some of it. It maybe was like a demo or something that I played. But anyway, uh, I'm, I really want to play more of it, but it also is showing a bit of its age, I think, um, in the way it moves. and The gameplay kind of, of that happen. game, especially because you're playing on a PS5, um, not too hot, but that's one of the games that got FPS boost over on xbox really and also low time boost so 
Was that on Game Pass as well? Yeah. Am I... Okay, yeah, because yeah, I bought it before Game Pass was a thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so who knows? Maybe if it's not vibing with me, I'll switch over. But at this point, I just kind of want to knock it off my bucket list. But it's basically like Arcane Studios is trying to do their own Bioshock, mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, so I see it. Not I Bioshock. See what it is? System Shock. Which was uh, prior yeah. to Bioshock. Same it was, but I never played System Shock, so this is all like the they're new basically the same. They're basically kind of like the the spirit of both System Shock and Bioshock is here. Yeah, it's just not as good. Bioshock is a more tighter kind of game. Prey sure. feels. I even go because to say one reason I enjoyed Deathloop so much is was because for an arcane game, that's their best playing feeling game. Like just Absolutely. an aiming and all of that compared to like the more sluggish way their other very acclaimed games also felt. Because even even Dishonor has some sluggishness to it. But that's also yeah. a game that got enhanced over on Xbox. Many True. of these games I am now that I have the PS final, next year is gonna be I'm gonna do the long trek of saving up to own a Series X because the things that they're doing for FPS boost for games that they're basically remastering without charging you a cent, basically. Like, Which you can play nice. now the entire Gears of War series at 60 frames over on Series X. The 360 versions of those games that were not meant to run like that. And even the, original, cool. Assass even the original Assassin's Creed, that's still the only... In modern times, you can only play Assassin's Creed 1 over on Xbox through backwards compatibility or on PC. That's not available on PlayStation. That game got FPS boost also. On top of getting a 4K patch that they went to the code and boosted up the resolution of that thing. So the game looks modern despite being a 2007 game and Ubisoft didn't do a damn thing. That was all Microsoft that did it. They're in another level with game preservation, which I'm glad that maybe some others are finally noticing. We'll talk about that more later on the in the news. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the last thing that I will say about um, anything that we've played is a little game called Kiwi. Yeah, what the heck is that game? I saw a name. I was Why like, don't you what? go look it up um, just to get an idea? I'll go give you the synopsis. The idea is entirely a two-player experience. You play as uh, kiwis, the birds um, from Australia. Okay. <laughs> you. Um, I remember this being announced back in like uh, April or May or something, and it seemed really awesome. Okay, so. Um, Picture this, you are two kiwi birds that go out to an outpost to help with uh, the post office in Australia. And from there is each level is a different kind of mini game related to cooperation. And um, basically, if you took something like, uh, I'm not going to probably say it takes two, but if you took like Overcooked, mm -hmm. that kind of style where it's like you get a very focused thing to accomplish in like two or three minutes and then you finish that go on to another thing it has a slightly different variation different styles of play and it's all about either like delivering the mail um transcribing telegrams post putting letters in the right places and talking to your partner who is right there next to you as you do all of this and then you go through different seasons of like summer fall winter spring and each one of those is like you have sandstorms during the summer you have monsoons in the fall uh winter storms halloween um style things and each one changes the gameplay as you play is it a platformer 
sort of, but okay. it is very focused on this one little area, and there's verticality within that. You're kind of looking down at them, mm -hmm. and you have to accomplish certain things. And I cannot explain it better than a trailer probably would. Mm -hmm. It's just a very adorable little game that is... Um, it's not as hard as Overcooked, so my wife and I have been playing it a lot, mm -hmm. and she's a, 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 a like fallen in love with all of this. Yeah, Overcooked can... is a marriage destroying. It's a marriage destroyer. <laughs> it is so <laughs> hard to play that game. Um, Overcooked one, especially Overcooked two. They, I don't know if they made it a little easier, but they gave you more options. Um, and of course, since there's only two of us, and Overcooked is made for four people, mm -hmm. it's a lot harder because you have to do the work of two people each um kiwi is just made for two people and it's very focused on just that one thing and it's fun um so take a look at it one day if you ever wanted to play something weird um that's that's what you would be going for but something like it takes two or a way out probably does it technically better and that's all for my stuff uh alejandro what have you been playing spider-man finally came out in marvel's avengers this past tuesday right when i had fully lost my boys so I had to just sit there, blanket ready, get to experience this new character that had no story missions, but can do all the content release so far. And I tell you, I feel um, Avengers has the destiny problem that when you look at it videos, it's bore. It seems boring. You don't get it until you play it. Yeah. In Destiny, the, you don't get how good the gunplay is until you have controller in hand and how they mixed vibration and the feedback of the hitting with what you feel in the controller with what you see there because when we saw the video of spider-man um with the ign preview i was like oh no we he's like clowning on it yeah we were yeah i was like yeah this is doesn't look hot too hot and now that i'm playing it i'm like were they previewing the game on ps4 because the character doesn't look clay like in fact he has really nice detail to him in fact he fits well with the world and um and i tell you that for as long as this game is going to be alive right now i feel that it's going to be put in a coffin within a year or two i'm going to enjoy it until it's been it, it gets buried by square enix at least on playstation i feel everyone just got their new favorite main character he is so much fun to play and obviously the caveat this is not insomniac spider-man it's way stiffer. It doesn't have the amount of freedom. The game wasn't built around Spider-Man. They're building a game around the Avengers that they're adding Spider-Man to, to it. And uh, at the very least, there's something really cool about him that he feels so unique compared to the rest of the roster that he's more of a support character. I really like like throwing grenade bomb, like uh, web bombs that hold everyone in and everyone's milling it, incre it increases like melee damage and he has like an intrinsic ability that meter that builds at the top that yeah. you can immediately take down everyone the triangle circle thing as it fills up and if you spec really? uh, and, and if you spec up his um his moves so that every time that you throw a grenade a, a grenade whatever you put your spider drone or you do like this massive ball that is the l1 or one attack that is like the super yeah. Uh, it immediately fills up your intrinsic that then you can do for takedowns. And if you have the ability unlocked, every time you do a takedown, you get a heroic orb that then fills up your abilities again. And then you can just keep the loop going and going. And it's, it's kind of broken and I love it. Yeah. Because the combat, especially in higher end activities, gets a little too bullet spongy, especially in the service area uh, of the game, which you 
it's something I always tell you don't need to engage on that. Like this campaigns is the thing that I always recommend people to, but for people that want to engage on that, which is always littered with some cool stuff and some problems, he seems like a cool character to you, especially because they added a raid that I don't think anyone played because I don't, the whole chatter about this game was how the Xbox and PC people were just so salty because like I mentioned, they made Spider-Man exclusive and no chatter about a raid that they also got. But that's just the power of Spider-Man. I mean, we saw the power of Spider-Man this week. Did you get your tickets? Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> I managed. I'm I'm uh probably gonna wait just like till that weekend, I think. Mm. Um Good luck. I I mean well if you haven't bought a ticket is, um, now, you're not gonna get it. There's it, it's insanity. I'll I I don't know. I, I think the uh, the bubble has kind of popped for me, and I'm like, I know I'm going to get spoiled by this anyway, and at, at, at this point, I'm going to know what happens. Just like you were saying, whether or not they're in there, you're going to know on social media yeah. immediately. No, it doesn't. I keep saying, it, it's not, there's no need. It's like, the big thing where people want to see this movie that's coming out literally in 14 days from when we're recording is because of the idea that they're gonna see Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man show up again to uh, to show up on screen together with Tom Holland. And I keep saying, it's like the only reason everyone is so hyped out of their goddamn mind about this movie is for that. They're not hyped about Tom Holland. They're not hyped about the movie. They're just hyped about the idea of their nostalgia uh, pickle being tingled. Like, it's... Uh, this feels like Star Wars The Force Awakens all over again, or even Rise of Skywalker. It's like, like let's manipulate your nostalgia so you, so you come watch this movie. And, all right, uh, so I'm going to tell you, um, just to give you an idea about people's priorities, at least in my area right now uh -huh. for movies. Um, there are... One, two... Don't tell me there's availability. There are 24 different options on one of the three theaters. You want to know how many are sold out? How many? Two. So there's 22 more options. Yep. Time-wise, on Thursday, Ooh, the day I'm before watching, yeah, it I'm, comes I'm, out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, watching it on Thursday. I'm watching it on Thursday at 1 p.m. with my brother. Yeah, and that's it's got 4 p.m., 3 p.m., and like literally that's all the special versions that's not that's imax and dolby still have options the regular ones there's not a single one that's sold out there's literally one that's 30 percent off is something yeah. wrong with theaters over there in louisiana because there was a report that they broke records of pre-ticket sales with this movie i a lot of them have not opened makes sense um because i mean i think i told you when i went to go see no time to die i went mm -hmm. out to slide l which is about 45 minutes away it's on the north shore of lake pontchartrain so it's mm -hmm. out of our way a lot yeah and um it, there was like four people in the theater man <laughs> it's i don't know i think something happened after hurricane ida and uh -huh. people just haven't been going to the movie theaters anymore i was gonna ask you if that was because obviously i know uh, new orleans it's not one of those states that you could say has to put it lightly they don't care much about the pandemic then they like 
they it depends on where you go in new orleans we did a mm -hmm. lot um the mayor specifically was very specific about like shutting down the entire city at times mm -hmm. which like nearly put a lot of people out of business as well in the process including the theaters which mm -hmm. just weren't able to open yeah and like compared to like new york and california people were just not going because they were more scared of the virus there and they were obviously right. more liberal cities also that 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 is so it was way. um so the, all that was shut down and then they opened up and then hurricane ida happened and everything was literally shut down because of all the damage to the city mm -hmm. um until maybe like um whenever i went to go see the movies i still thought everything was closed i had to go out of town mm -hmm. to see it and now everything's open again um but i think it's just because people have been like nobody knows that the theaters are open again Which they're just weird. like oh well i guess they're still closed i'm mm. going to go live my life and do other things and watch things on hbo max that come out the same day as the theaters anyway and all yeah, that next year is going to be a rude awakening for a lot of those people because they're no longer doing the simultaneous i know events. it's going to be uh delayed which mm -hmm. i'm sad about but it makes perfect sense because that happened to me with Dune. I mm. watched it on HBO Max, and I went, "Oh, that was cool." And then I just didn't want to go see it in the theaters after uh, that. No. Um, I felt like I could have, but I chose to watch Eternals instead. So yes, and cool, that really and and that was an experience you had. It um, was. We don't want to yeah. talk about that. Yes, but back to Spider Man. Yeah, it's so funny. They have the character available in this game two weeks before the movie comes out, and only one section of the player base and one console gets to experience him and kind of like i mentioned in that rant i wanted in our group chat that i'm so mad sony did this like so so angry because it just means that the everyone's favorite character enough that every time that i match making that stupid game everyone's playing a spider-man so it's like it's always seeing four spider-man like flying around throwing webs like yeah it's that you know he's just everyone's favorite marvel character and of course, um, <laughs> it, it, of course he is. He's just so much fun, especially because they allow you to web swing in the yeah. game with R2. So it's like, despite it being the PS1 style, yeah, there's we're just swinging from the ceiling. We're not doing we're not doing buildings. Um, it's still like web swinging. There's something a character with that kind of locomotion is so much fun to play compared to someone that's like more grounded, or like foot in the ground thing. And uh, yeah, it's just and even somebody like Iron Man when the momentum just doesn't feel right. Like mm -hmm. it, he, his character looks like he's moving at really fast speeds, and but then everything not. around him is like, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> there's like the momentum doesn't feel like you're like speeding through when you're uh, with Iron Man either, or even with exactly. Thor when you're flying. So, but at least Spider Man is slow enough that you can almost justify like, okay, he's swinging from one to the next, mm -hmm. he's taking his time. But then like you play something like 2018's Marvel Spider Man, and he's Ooh. like. Phew, bullet train just yes. kicking it um and this game even has so anyway. and this game even has the thing where you press the x button when you like web zip into an edge yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. press it and then you boost it. they added that to him that's cool in this game so that's what's funny it's like they his character kit is well made and this game does character kits so well and you haven't even experienced even half of the character kits like fully upgraded like because you bought the game Yep. Um, but you haven't experienced like what it's like to really unlock the potential of every character because right. when you're early on they feel very simple it's like, ah, this is not special but then when you like they did well with the depth of, of making each character feel unique but spider-man feels even more unique than all of them and it saddens me xbox and pc players can't play it because they did a really good job and it saddens me for crystal that they spend so much 
time and care and making a really good version of Spider-Man that maybe is not the one as great as the cream of the crop Spider-Man games that Sony has made, but it's not bad. And it just makes you the game more fun. I'm realizing as well um, that if Spider-Man had been able to show up in Xbox versions of Marvel's Avengers, that would have been a lot of people's perfect alternative to the 2018 marvel spider-man and i'm just realizing that right now over an xbox been able to get that that would have just killed it because people would have been thinking well i can't play this really good game but i really want to play Mm spider-man hey look this game's here it's not as good but it's here. exactly exactly you're nailing and even better If, if he had been in all the characters they would have done what they did with kate bishop they would have done what they did with uh Actual uh, with Clint Barton and with, and with, Bla- with Black Panther, a one, two, three hour expansion center on the character. Which would have been really good. Imagine if they had timed it for this movie. Man, this is making me mad now. <laughs> yeah, because now it's like they can't do story because this is a very like every time they expand in this game is very story heavy. You can't do a yeah. story content that the uh, two thirds of the player base will not see. And, and, two, and one third of that player base is on Game Pass now. It, yeah. that game has revived that game over on xbox and even then now they had to like suffer the blue balls of not having Gosh. spider-man there it's like it's a that was a very ill-conceived a very 2015 style of like let's do exclusives for one console and screw the other ones that yeah. used to dominate the call of duty era of call, uh, the many call of duties especially that still kept going especially with, with activision uh they were always fine with yeah we're let's screw the other side mm-hmm. because this develop this publisher paid more money it's like it's destiny used to have that problem destiny had all these exclusives that i remember that that it was like it was a short-term game like yeah you have more here but it just overall makes the game worse an exclusive exotic will never be sold on sir the exclusive strike would never be in the strike rotation list it mm-hmm. would never be a nightfall so it's like it seems like it's better on one platform but what it does is especially in a game of that of this caliber this multiplayer kind of service style of game that just makes your game worse because you have to account that the other ones don't have it. So I'm glad Bungie moved away from that as soon as they left Activision made the game better. That's, That's why cool. they have cross-save and cross-play. Avengers can't ever have cross-play now because how crappy it would be your PC and X was then you match me with a Spider-Man dude and be like, yeah, I can't play with him. Be really <laughs> so, funny. Yeah, but yeah, it's like for what it is, especially because it's free. I've enjoyed my time with Spider-Man a lot. And especially because it's making me appreciate more things of the combat that I had not really engaged with, with the other things. And again, is this Avengers is always this mosh posh of a really good core here, trash around it. But the good is still core that you kind of dig away the trash to kind of get to that good core. And that's still true. And I just, the synergy was so perfect and this exclusivity was like, they, and, and, and here's the thing, no matter what they do with this game now, they already use the biggest gun. The biggest pop is Spider-Man. Yeah, there's not much else they can do. Yeah, oh. unless they manage to retroactively then... I don't know how they, what exclusive... Like, I don't know what the terms of the exclusivity are for the Spider-Man. If it they was could like, do X-Men. That'd that, be crazy. That could be cool. Um, but would it be exclusive also? Because remember, Wolverine is a PS5 exclusive <laughs> now. But, but, um, but, but more like this is... Yeah, the X-Men could be another pop, but Spider-Man is still more popular than the X-Men. That's just a fact. Yeah. And uh, could they... 
are the terms of the contract such that it's permanently on PlayStation or maybe after a year it can show up there and maybe if after a year he can show up in the other systems they have been secretly working on like a mini campaign that everyone gets to experience then at the same time it's just that PlayStation got the exclusive first first uh, access to him at that point it's going to almost sound like too little too late exactly. a year from now Marvel's mm -hmm. Avengers is going to be barely played exactly so and yeah, you're right. Yeah. They just burn. They 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 they, they burned their one. They 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 burned their taking. They, basically, Spider Man could have been their taking king moment. <laughs> like it really could pop. have been. Yeah, you're right. Because um, Black Panther, they tried that. That that's the thing. Black Panther, obviously popular. They, the death of Chadwick Boseman, obviously how big of an impact that created. Also shows that Black Panther made an impact. Mm. Not Spider Man though. He's still not Spider Man. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that was one of the things I played. I also played br briefly because I told my brother to kind of watch him play and I wanted to play a little bit. Uh, yeah. Star Wars Battlefront 2. The celebration, yeah, the celebration edition was five bucks that unlocked oh, okay. all the skins. So I was like, this is a game. This is like Star Wars Battlefront 2 is a comfort food game for me. I'm not, I don't play this to grind out anything or unlock things. And yeah. if you buy the celebration edition, it unlocks everything. So I was like, sure, I'll buy five bucks for all the skins possible. The Except skins the, are pretty good, honestly. Yeah, like being able to have all the Anakin and Obi-Wan skins unlocked, even the Grievous ones that has... One is when you can play as Grievous as when he was shot by Obi-Wan in Episode 3. Like He's when like he, burnt up and stuff. Yeah, when he, he goes out in a very heavy metal style. So I have all of that unlocked, and it's, uh, it's funny how they built that game because that game, like back on PS4 Pro, that game uh, was built with um, dynamic resolution that would like go down and up depending on how intense this scene was never mm -hmm. 4k but because it's on, on ps4 uh, on ps5 now they didn't have to do any work that game automatically defaults to 4k because it has so much more horsepower based on how okay if, if a game was de designed with like a dynamic resolution that lowers its resolution when everything gets too crazy without you really noticing and then goes back to normal resolution when everything, everything gets calm yeah however on ps5 it looks crisp now so I was like, this is a beautiful, beautiful game. I don't know if I've played Battlefront 2 on the PS5 yet. You should. I think you I will. Try. You should try. Every time I play it, I honestly have fun. Because mm -hmm. um, it's gorgeous. The mechanics are there. And even though they... It's simple to pick up and play. it after the Supremacy game mode. Mm -hmm. That last game mode that they added... <sighs> Supremacy. Was good. I love Supremacy um, because it's the capture the five stages and yeah. uh then you fly to the ship to to it, it's, it's very like a push cinematic and it's, it's push and pull and that's the thing like it's the worst when you're playing the clone army because especially if you get players that like doing droidicas when you have to go to the final room everyone just pops droidicas and they're in the yeah. middle so it's just pandemonium trying to get us to chaos hallway but <laughs> but um part of that fun. is the fun of it and yes. then the uh the heroes versus villains mode that they they redid it i think mm -hmm and it's honestly like really technical i watched mm -hmm. some people play it and talking about it where it's like really back and it forth, random it randomizes the heroes they use and then like, it, it makes interesting matchups it's a fun yeah it's a fun time battlefront 2 got there that's the thing like it's so funny that you can trace both battlefront 2 and battlefield 5 the two kind of this those games basically came next to each other first battlefront then battlefield 5 yeah. and dice got there with battlefront 2 and they didn't get there with 5. They, they, they were working there um, mm -hmm. because I replayed it a while back and like they added a lot of 
uh, guns. They added a lot of maps. They added a lot of stuff. For which to one? For it. Battlefront Five or Five? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, this is honestly really solid. I'm actually surprised. And but then they cut they they, they cut support for both of it. those games exactly. at the same time. They gave oh. Battlefield Five less time in the market. I know. And the excuse was they were cutting now because they needed to work on Battlefield 2042. How did that work out, EA? Yeah. Tell me. <laughs> we'll know the results soon. And the final game, and the final game that I played, yeah. that I had played yes, uh, last week, but I really gave myself to it this time, was Red Dead Redemption 2. Unlike you, I don't touch uh, online. This was my first time playing through this campaign since 2018. And it's probably the biggest amount of crow I've ever eaten when it comes to a game because... This is a game that back then I ranked number five in my top 10 of the game. And uh, I did the big mistake. Now I look back on a huge mistake having to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey before this game. And having that muscle memory because having given myself into this game where I didn't play anything else. I was playing day and night with this game to the point where I sleep. I was dreaming of this game. I literally was having dreams of being cow still being in I the game. I do love doing that when I get so much into a game that uh, my dreams mimic the game yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just insane that I finally got to really absorb every single iota of this game from its story, mm. so much conversation that I missed for not really diving into the camp mechanic early on or just going to immediately sleep whenever they do the two parties that they do. Yeah. One at the beginning, one halfway through. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of even some of the side content uh, or not even paying attention to things like that non-conversation that I texted in the chat yeah. where Arthur's kind of like analyzing his life. It, he already had gone spoiler alert. Yeah, it's three yeah, years old. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. When he already had that TB, tuberculosis uh, prognosis and he starts kind of like not being more self-reflective. Just that yeah. simple when he like the nonsense. Every time you say you're not a good man. But every time I see you, you're doing good deeds. Why do you keep denying yourself? And then he starts realizing that. And then he just breaks down and says, I'm afraid. Yeah. It's the first time you hear him break down. It hits. That it game hits so well. It has probably the best um, the best character arc I've ever seen in a video game character. And how like all the late game payoffs. Despite this game... This game, I will say, there's the criticism, the Nicky Jakey video, all of the criticisms that have been leveled at this game, they are fair. Like the the stricture, it's like it's it's a weird, the weird dichotomy of this kind of offering you unprecedented amount of freedom in the world, and then trying to tell this very specific story that kind of puts you at odds with your morality system sometimes. Like it's not a game that you just want to play a, a morally correct Arthur. It's yeah. going to break you because then you're forced to do things that are morally reprehensible. The stealing of the when you're in the train and you're forced to like punch the people to give you the mm -hmm. money because the game's forcing you to. It has the it's weird. It reminds me a little bit of some of the things that people praise The Last of Us about. It's like this is Neil's story. You're being told yeah. and you're just here for the ride. So right. it's it's weird that Rockstar decided to still add that morality system, but then put you things. So you're like. If you're giving a morality system, but you're telling me this guy's a reprehensible dude, I don't, I don't quite get it. But yeah. if you're trying to aim for that more like that high morality, it really does pay off near the end. It does. Like it it, chapter really six does. is just an it, it's just an endless amount of payoff. Like I did this back then, but now really, 
absorbing kicking at Strauss out of the out of the camp. After you're trying to do the final extortions, then you're like, no, it's like, why well, I'm still doing this? Boom, let's go get out of here. Yeah. And uh, just the final moments, the uh, that's the way it is song thing that plays out for your final ride to the camp. Uh, oh, yeah. When you pass the torch to John escaping, um, him dying like as the sun is rising, and then the mix of seeing that the air that keeps showing up all over that game. If you're, if you're playing in a morally correct way, you start seeing animals in very specific times where yeah. Arthur is always um, analyzing kind of his mor uh, his mortality. And to me, it's like it was just so engrossing. I was mentioning it's like, it's been a while I had played an open world game where I'm just not listening to a podcast and doing a bunch of stuff. Because it makes me realize a lot of open world games have become checklists, things to do. Yep. So when you... What do you do when you have checklists to do in real life? You put entertainment where you do that. That's yep. what um, what's been happening to me. But I was just so engrossed that I was like, no, I need to listen to every conversation of this game. I want to like absorb this monster of a game now. How I should have properly absorbed it back in 2018. And I beat it yesterday and I'm like, yeah, this cracks my list of top 25 favorite games of all time. Very high, very, very high, like top five. This is a game I wasn't even considering because I was like, I think I enjoyed the first game more. And the first game is more gamey, but the second game is an experience, a very flawed experience. The shooting is atrocious in this game. But when you understand its idiosyncrasies, which I kind of mentioned, my big mistake I haven't done previously where I just left the dot back how it was in Red Dead 1. Yeah. Without realizing that they added Bloom in this game with the big circle. And now timing the shots, waiting for the circle to get close. Boom. Okay, there you go. There you go. And yep. I rarely died or got into mission failure this time. Whereas back in 2018, I kept getting over and over checkpoints because I tried to... And again, this is a criticism you can level at, at this game. This is like, this is not the kind of game where you're in these missions. You're free to do whatever you want. Rockstar wants you to do something very specific. Yeah. Which is not congruent with the freedom they get outside the missions. But... When you give yourself into their rudimentary design, the missions are kind of fun. In its majority. And there's some that is like, another shooter, okay, here we go, we're riding here. Okay, this is gonna go wrong, here comes the million enemies. I will say though, this is gonna be like a general pet peeve of mine with games going forward. Uh -huh. If you're trying to tell a story where your main character keeps mentioning, man, I'm killing a lot of people, we're killing a lot of people here. Uh, why is he so violent? Then don't put gameplay scenarios where you kill like an entire town's population. It's insane how many people you kill in this game, like in the, in the shootouts. It's like, oh, yeah. I wish when you were in the shootouts, there were less enemies. Because otherwise, there, there would like, because that dissonance of, oh, now we have to kill, I kill you now, it would almost be like 50 dudes per combat sequence. And this is yeah. a 60 to 80 hour game i think the problem is that when you do stuff like that they write themselves into a corner because people want the big shootouts mm -hmm. they want to feel like they're in a good western where you just walk in and you're like clearing dudes out left and right um and if you do too few enemies the experience is over because everyone dies in one hit to the head mm -hmm. and that's where they really want you to shoot they don't like in the first game, you could mess around. You could shoot people in the hand and disarm mm -hmm. them. You could shoot them in the leg and they'd fall over and stuff. And while the ragdoll physics are kind of there, they really want you to focus on the head auto aim mm -hmm. and then aim slightly up. So it aims to the head fire, mm -hmm. move to the next one, fire, move to the next it's one. Time, fire. It's time so, crisis, basically like skill ups. Yeah, it's a good point, honestly. Um, <laughs> and, but it, 
that's where the the problem is so if because they want you to do mm -hmm. a certain thing that way i think they're never going to be able to do something and like i think what you said. this is why in a way i know people effing hate the story of that game but i feel last of us part two is probably the one that did it best at creating less dissonance between you being a murderous machine and the amount of people you kill in that game and the story they're telling because, because no matter what you do you're kind of a murderous machine actually there is one problem is if you go through all of the encounters without killing people and then they still call you a murderous machine um because i think that's once again in another of nakey jakey's videos mm -hmm. he's like oh i'm gonna play super stealthy not kill anyone and they're like oh you're a horrible person yeah. um so like i think you're going to hit that problem no matter what it is the problem is once again they give you a certain level of freedom in the gameplay but the story is very locked in for what they want to tell mm -hmm. and they're yeah. just not going to be able to pull that off as long as they give you gameplay yeah for but them. i feel like red that has that more of a dissonance because it's not as grim dark of a story as Last of Us in a way. So, yeah, it is pretty hopeful. Yeah, it's like more of a looming yeah, despair. It, that's I the think. thing. Like read that story is like it's filled with looming. Like with the looming despair, you feel it in every moment. Just like the chill you get. Like you know everything's about to go wrong in the final chapters to get you where the first game or give you an idea of where the game, the first game ends up at, the, at its very beginning. It's like it's all over there. But yeah. it it also it ends in a more cheerful note compared to the more somber end of Red Dead 1 that hits you like a truck. Really, with, though? With, with, the, with the death of, the, of, of the Mars in there. So, but yeah, Red Dead, I I came out of this like thoroughly impressed. I would, I never wanted to replay this game after I played it the first time because it's very long. I was like, it is. I don't know if I want to play through an, this game again, especially when at that time I didn't have fun with it. But this time I understood it. And now I know, and, and it finally clicked with me. I played Red Dead 2 in 2018, it's first day. Then I didn't play it until I finished Assassin's Creed. Then I went to Red Dead immediately after. Yeah. At that point, I had forgotten the tutorial. I had forgotten right. why you needed to do with the course. I had forgotten everything yeah. about it and was with the Assassin's Creed mentality. So I'm glad I was able to finally play it in its terms. And I'm so happy I did because I've also been telling this in our chat that it's also very bittersweet playing this game because I feel Rockstar is never going to do a game like this again. Because Take-Two Interactive, one of the shittiest companies on earth now, like more and they want more games from them. Yeah. And they want them quicker. The writer of this game is gone. Dan Hauser is gone. And uh, we saw the quality of the GTA trilogy. Is this what Rockstar is now? And it, it kind of sucks, especially because they have had their their bread buttered by GTA Online, in, to the point where they you played Red Dead Online, they left it hung up to dry to make more content for that one. So it's like, is this what it's gonna be? And we know that we have the rumors that GTA 6 is just gonna be a live service game, where it's like, yeah, we're not doing a separate campaign. It's all gonna be all together, and the map is gonna be ever changing. That's what the rumor said, which sucks, because it's really great to see a very complete story that this game even gives you basically a DLC for free when you play as John. That yeah. epilogue, I forgot how medium long that epilogue it's, is. It's at least 10 plus hours. Yeah. Um, it's 
it's a whole story mm-hmm. within it. And that's why I think a lot of people felt so drained where they were like, oh my gosh, I feel like I just finished this really traumatic experience. And then they're like, all right, now here's an entire rising action and climax for mm-hmm. a different character. Um, and I kept expecting it to finish. And I was like, all right, so where's the where's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. Where Where's things going to go crazy? And then they just kept going with like, build the house, do the thing. Mm-hmm. All right, I promise I won't shoot anyone again. And then, oh boy, we're well, we know that's hun- not going to last. Yeah, we're going bounty hunting with Sadie. And then it's yeah. like, oh, we found Micah. Time to go. <laughs> so it's a, uh, but I feel that for, uh, the John epilogue only resonates if you were a huge fan of the first game. If you only play Red Dead 2, that epilogue does nothing for you. It because doesn't, it explains a whole different character that you're like, why do I care about this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say anything bad really about it because John is a great character in itself and it adds a lot Arthur, of context. But Arthur's better. Oh, absolutely. They just did such a great job with Arthur that I still love Marston. But that's the thing. Like, I just care for Arthur even more because that's just that was a rockstar made their best character with Arthur in a way that it it just embodies the things that I think they do well, that I don't think they do well with GTA outside Nico Bellic. It finally made me realize I'm not a GTA fan because I think I can laugh at the sneering uh, parody that they make of things, but I feel the way they portray their stories in those in those games is just way too cynical and way too over the top and just way too uh, rash and crude that eventually it's like, I don't care. But in Red Dead, they have an earnestness to their storytelling that there's like, I'm saddened that the writer's gone because I don't know if they will ever, if they will ever want to make a Red Dead 3. And if they ever do it, what will it be about and if it will, will the quality be is remotely what this was. Will I finally get a good online mode at least? Who knows? I don't, and they can do whatever they want with online and they just print money. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's insane. But yeah, it's like Red Dead. It's like I'm glad I ate Crow because I really didn't want to play that game again. But obviously the first inkling was seeing it on PS and PS5. I was like, oh, this is pretty. Oh, it's me, clean. Me like pretty. And to think that the Xbox Series X version looks even better. I would replay that game again if I ever get an Xbox. So, all right, Paul, because we're doing the full episode this uh, this me this time. It's time for the news. So, press X for some news. It feels nice, weirdly nice to go back to old school how we used to do it. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's very nostalgic. Yeah. Thinking, oh, we're gonna get through what we've been playing in 15 minutes, and then uh-huh. just go onto the news, and then we're like, oh yeah. yeah so an hour and a half later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it just reminds this me. This time that. we mean to do it though. Yes, because there's not much here, but especially because, here's what's funny. When when Monday hit, I was like, there's no need to do a what a news section because nothing happened. It was Thanksgiving the previous yeah. week, but. Good thing we waited because there's some cool stuff from this week. So number one, it seems like PlayStation is finally ready to fully enter the service battle Microsoft has been dominating over the past few years. According to Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, who's the source of the scoop, this new service, codenamed Spartacus, is supposed to fold in both PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now into one coherent service. And it's meant to be PlayStation's direct answer to Game Pass. Yes, Xbox Game Pass. The service is allegedly launching this coming spring, 
will be available for both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 and will come with three tiers where tier one is just going to give players the traditional PlayStation Plus benefits. So, you know, cloud saves, a free PS5 game and two PS4 games and uh, you play online for premium power products. Uh, tier two will give access to PS4 and select PS5 games and tier three will give people access to extended demos, game streaming and a library of classic PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games. Editor note, RIP Vita. No word on whether or not this classic library is streaming only or it will have select titles available through download like currently available on PS Now. And also no word if this finally comes with a solution to download PS3 games, a feature so desired but told to be extremely difficult to the PS3's abysmal architecture. In a follow-up tweet, Schreier noted the service will likely retain the PS Plus branding, but to not expect the service to match Xbox Game Pass when it comes to exclusive first-party offerings available day one, but for the expectation to be a much stronger offering than PlayStation Now, which never escaped its initial perception as a streaming-only solution from back in 2014-2015. Xbox, once again, proving they are the groundbreakers. They did it back in 2002 by adding an Ethernet port in their console when everyone was still using dial-in broad, dial-in internet. Yeah. And now every console that wants to take themselves seriously that has an Ethernet port till this day. Xbox 360, they made the Xbox Live an integral part of the system architecture and they introduced achievements, something then PS3 initially didn't uh they yep. didn't launch they with and then they patched patch it, in. it in later yeah with trophies and now game pass the netflix of games such a disruption to game consumption and got so much traffic this year especially in big things like outriders they want on game pass oh mlb the show 21 that's so exclusive that it's no longer exclusive oh we're offering you all for free on game pass while you all have to pay it in the in the core system for 70 bucks and uh obviously with halo infinite and, and and forza this year so it's like and forza oh yeah shoot yeah so sony i think it's fine like to, here's to to be fair to be fair playstation has sold a ton of ps5s i think there are 14 million now they cut their broad they, they cut their forecast of 16 million to 15 million because of the shortages right that's been happening so it's now putting them beneath ps4 than what they wanted which is not good for them considering the pr battle has been like look this is the fastest selling console ever we can't support the man and we're outpacing the previous one they're still winning here's the thing microsoft don't care they have 20 million game pass subscribers that's more than yeah they make so much money for that yeah so i am happy and torn with this because i am happy they're finally taking this seriously because that to be fair ps now has been a game pass equivalent for three years now no one cares because initial impressions matter yeah. they really do matter when people think of ps now they still think oh that streaming solution that didn't work back in 2014 2015 get out of here it's like it's very hard for you to um maybe counteract initial perceptions look at the xbox one they did yeah. so many things but that initial perception matter for them so what this sounds to me is like a repackaging of what's there with some yeah. added things. I am concerned a little bit about tier three. Same. 
um yeah. stuff like okay so game streaming which is already a thing on playstation now mm-hmm. um extended demos means nothing to me don't mm-hmm. know what that means uh-huh. um library of classic one two three and psp games some of that like the psp games is kind of cool because that's basically dead right now Ooh, for super dead <laughs> that were there looking at you crisis core final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. so much of that especially with the remake and part two going in that route talking uh-huh. about zach but anyway um all of this stuff it sounds like all they're gonna really do is throw a couple extra things and um maybe give you like 10 to 15 games and be like hey guys look we got jack and daxter (laughs) and then you're like this is all stuff that already exists like Mm -hmm. i feel like it's not going to be what people want it to be um and even though i was reading this i was like all right well let's see what their tiers actually are and then i was like oh, I, I don't actually have any reason to do this because most of this I already own mm. or I have no interest in going back to play. Yeah, um, I'm really curious about the tier one specifically because it did say it has PS Plus benefits. These are the current right. PS Plus benefits so as of I'm this moment. would be are cool gonna... is if they did a price cut on those mm. and then like spread it out so that theoretically if you do tier three it's more but then they're like oh we'll give you a little discount for what you got right now yeah pricing is what concerns me a little bit because someone made this amazing tweet that said that the tier three sounds like a nintendo thing it sounds like (laughs) an 80 to 90 dollar thing uh and And uh, that worries me and that worries me too because again like sony we talked about it that there there's has there's a certain air of arrogance to current sony that echoes ps3 era sony that reminds me a little bit of the hubris that seems like it's permeating nintendo and some of the business decisions they're making because yeah and nintendo can get away with it because they're effing nintendo they're nintendo but uh, sony's not going to be able to come close to getting away with that they have so much wider of an audience and especially with this is the theoretic possibility that it's going to interrupt people who currently have playstation plus mm-hmm all of those people, the casual people who don't get into all this other stuff are going to find an interruption in their service price-wise. There's, and that's going to be nuts. What are, you, what are you saying? There's analyst Daniel Ahmad that he responded to Nivelian when he reposted the story on Twitter. He's yeah. like, so I guess this thing I did back in 2016 didn't come in clutch. He doubled up on PlayStation Plus for 10 years. He has PlayStation Plus all the way till 2031. So, oh my gosh! So will that be um, reflected in this? Like, <laughs> see, that's what I'm also wondering because um, I was going to buy the like forty dollar uh, PlayStation Plus for a year, and I was like, mm-hmm. well, I know I'm gonna keep it. Yeah, so I bought I that well back in June, so I still have my subscription all the way till June, and supposedly this starts this spring. So. I think the big one that I think it's a big point of contention for this one is the fact that Sony is not offering the first party exclusives day one here, which is the selling point over on Game Pass. That's literally... That's the only reason I got it. <sighs> yeah, because it, that that's what made the service like, oh my God, because I remember, here's the thing. Game Pass launched in March 2017. It was games already out. Yeah. It was a, this is kind of neat. Right. It's cool it that it's nice there. if you don't own it. Yeah, but if you don't have do, those games, no yeah, you have this list of games and you mm-hmm. still have to buy the new ones. Then Microsoft became very aggressive in 2018 when they're like, we're starting an initiative where new games are going to be sold separately 
battles are available here on Game Pass. Then and they started that's that with when people really had their ears pricked up. Yeah, they didn't um, have that. The games offered there were not very good initially. Like Sea of Thieves was not good when it right. launched. It's amazing. But now, now it's it's so much different, and, and it's so um, popular. Twenty five million players. That's one thing I kind of wish that I did have people to play with um, because I played the tutorial and I was like, this is awesome. I really wish there's at least one more person on this boat. Yes. No, same. I wish I had that. I, I wish I had a core group that was very Xbox centric also to be yeah. able to do that. Technically, we both have Xboxes. Uh, maybe one day. <laughs> maybe Sa we're convincing Sack. Sack is like about to take a punch in the nest. So. Really? Oh, that's right. We were talking to him about that because mm -hmm. I mean, you just can't find a five anywhere, and he already kind of has one with his roommate. with his roommate. Exactly. So, so that's the thing. Like, Game Pass has taken a slow burn. It's like Game yeah. Pass happened for Xbox had their worst possible moment in the Xbox One generation because their quality exclusives, or at least what could be seen as quality exclusives, were on Xbox were already out, and they didn't have new ones in the pipeline. Because that's when they started them buying the studios. They had made the long-term promise. And I feel it's final. Now this holiday is when it finally hit. Where Halo Infinite next week, the campaign will be offered there on Game Pass. Despite the multiplayer already being free. And if you're playing Halo Infinite on Game Pass, you get extra stuff in the multiplayer. Despite it being free to play, if you're like a, a Game Pass subscriber, you're going to get extra really? XP for stuff. They announced that this week. So, so it's like there's incentives there. Forza Horizon 5. A game of the year contender, everyone's so salty didn't get nominated in the game awards. I'm kind of sad uh, about that. Yeah, but that's because a lot of it's like 103 different outlets that vote in. Racing is always going to be very niche in a way, so True. so it's like that's always going to be a tough one to crack in that kind of mainstream show. But it's going to get its due in the in the individual outlets. But uh, that that's quality stuff. They've been finally releasing things that they're putting out now it's like yeah this is not just some shovel where it's like yeah it's like the, the crackdown 3 problem yeah this is not good but hey, at least it was in game pass you got to play it yeah um, and then when, when the game like gears of war 5 or gears 5 came out that was quality yeah. in 2019 but it's like okay if this is the quality we're gonna get when all the studios finally start delivering there's some promise here and that promise is fulfilled and uh the thing with sony is that they sell a lot of games they do that's what butters them. They don't have the amount of money Microsoft has. Oh, yeah. Not every area of Sony is profitable. Microsoft always tries to deny it, but they're losing money on Game Pass. Absolutely catastrophic amounts of money because if Netflix with TV shows lost so much money until it broke even a few years ago, after years of being in the game, yeah. in what world is Microsoft with more expensive stuff, making games is even more expensive than sometimes a movie. Yeah. And how many games you have to keep in development? And how, how many times do you have to keep the service fed to make it worth it? Absolutely. It's like Sony doesn't have that. So I understand why they are not ready to be like, yeah, we're undercutting ourselves from selling our games to uh, offer it to the service. I feel that will happen if the narrative has fully shifted over on Xbox. Yeah. Where everyone wants to play there every, every, when they're... It's undeniable that everyone has to go over on Xbox and on PlayStation. PlayStation still has kind of that gravitas right now that they built up over the last year. A gravitas they could easily lose. Look what happened with PS3. They had gravitas on PS2. And then in PS3, no one gave a shit. Like, at all. So And then it's flipped right it, back it, over as just as fast. Exactly. So, so it's like... Yeah. Time I will can, tell. Yeah. At least... Here's the thing. If they're setting this up now, 
that's an Xbox didn't start this way. They this they, they made that flip a year after. Yeah. If they feel if they feel threatened or they see that they're making good money out of this, depend we'll see what the prices are. That's gonna be a big tell. I yeah. pricing with Sony, they have a very bad history of mispricing stuff. Look at the Vita. The Vita was well priced as a device, then the memory cards were horrendously expensive, yeah. and that killed that device. And they were not willing to botch on them, and that killed that that killed the thing in the crib. So that's gonna be a big question mark. And now my big question: There's PS2 games that became PS2 classics that you can buy on PS on PS4. Are they gonna right. add more than the ones that are that are available? That'd be there? nice. But will you be able to buy them? Will the PS1 ones? Will you be able to buy them? I fear it's gonna be just like PlayStation Now. You can't buy them. You can only get them with this new service. And it makes me worry. Is it just gonna be a streaming thing? They're gonna be like, yeah, we can make PS1 games work. So is this gonna yeah. be down in the cloud? Like what's happened with PS3 that they have just refused to find a solution despite there being emulators that have been hard work that shown that there's possibility, but it just takes a long time. PS3 is always gonna be a scarlet letter for them. It's insane that the decisions of that hardware so many great games are still trapped there oh man but yeah until they and doesn't this is not going to be a direct competitor to game pass per se until they announced he they won exclusives i don't think they will just knowing them eventually those games will be there i think they're good they're gonna try to stay with what game pass originally was going to be back in 2017. the 2018 move was a move of desperation they were losing and, but now they can't walk that back. That's the problem. And you never see Xbox games chart on NPD. Look at that. So it's like, That's a good point. Yeah, so, but Sony games does. They do. So you know people buy those games. So. Mm -hmm. And the, the last thing is just imagine if Game Pass and uh, Microsoft one day says this isn't worth it anymore and they walk back on it. And they can't. You just imagine. They the, can't. Yeah, they absolutely can't. Yeah. They, can't they can't walk back the... We were releasing all our exclusives on PC, making our Xbox One like not as valuable for some. Is that kind of what I tell you with our part one of Halo 5? We don't know when we're going to do part two yet. Uh, Halo Infinite is close. It's next week. Yep. It's um, getting real close there, but I, I think we can finish five just yes. in time. We're going to put it on easy and just blast through. But yep. uh, so Halo 5 is still just Xbox exclusive. That hasn't come out to PC yet. Nope. That's kind of valuable, but that's also kind of nuts that that hasn't happened considering their stands. Well, it helps that it's gonna. Uh, I mean, even if it's canon, it's gonna probably be barely mentioned. So ah. not like people need to really pay attention to the deep lore and plot details of Halo Five Guardians. Exactly. Despite them, the previous thing that it does is does get mentioned. Mm. In the you most... know, um, I'm very hopeful for Halo Infinite, but you know something that. Uh, I'm not hopeful for what our next story. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. So number two, it seems like the incredibly rough launch and reception to battlefield 2042 is not going unnoticed over at EA and the publisher is already restructuring as it focuses on building up the battlefield franchise. For one, DICE general manager Oscar Gabrielson is leaving the company at the end of the year to pursue another role outside of EA with response Vincent Pella, which by the way, he created Call of Duty and Titanfall. Just want to throw that out there. Now adding DICE to his portfolio studios that he oversees now as group general manager, which also includes Respawn and Studio Ripple. 
What's notable is that Sempella was already working close with DICE since early 2020, where it was announced he was put up as the new head of DICE LA, with plans to launch an original game. Now, he'll serve as group general manager to the entire DICE brand, while DICE gets a new general manager in the form of Rebecca Kutas, formerly of Ubisoft Anacy, which does Ghost Recon and the Assassin's Creed multiplayer from back then, where she and Battlefield uh, general manager Byron Bedi re report directly to Sempella now. Everything that happens has to go through him now. Sempella will also continue his duties at Respawn, managing Apex Legends and Respawn's unannounced projects, which, which potentially includes the rumored Jedi Fallen Order sequel we heard a few weeks ago had a senior combat designer enter the fold. As for Battlefield 2042, it all comes as the game entered the list of worst reviewed games on Steam and suffered a whooping 70% player drop less than two weeks from its official launch according to Steam charts. Despite all this, EA still believes in Battlefield brand enough to double down on it, citing their desire to build a Battlefield connected universe of different interconnected games, with one being developed over at Studio Ripple under the direction of original Halo designer Marcus Leto, who joined the fold as game director this past October. One person's gonna oversee all of this now, Paul. <laughs> the more I read this initially, it sounds absolutely ridiculous for one person to be over all of this. Mm -hmm. This yeah. poor man is overseeing Battlefield, Jedi Fallen Order, Apex Legends, Apex Legends, and whatever else that they're doing right now. And especially, he just. How did you and I have business degrees? And so these the kind of things seem like no brainers. How do people in these high level companies make these mistakes like this? Mm -hmm. This is only going to cause burnout on this poor man. Um, and it is going to affect so much of their stuff. Like one of the biggest things you learn is you compartmentalize and you divide and conquer. You split one person or two people on like a specific project. Mm -hmm. and you move on to that thing so that you only have to deal with the tiniest amount of whatever they can't handle. And this sounds like they're throwing it all on one person who is like, hey, you remember that one guy that made Titanfall and Call of Duty? Let's just throw everything on his shoulders. It just sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, it's my gosh in a way i understand why because everything vincent pella has done for them quality wise has been gold quality like in in the way it's been received but Still that sounds wise. almost like the the goose that laid the golden egg yes and now what they're doing is they're cutting him up to find out what made him tick by uh -huh. throwing him at all of their problems to say oh he fixed everything let's see if he can fix everything mm -hmm. and um no that's yes. not how that works. Exactly. I would say good move on what happened over there at DICE because after the way Battlefield 2042 came out, you needed some heads needed to roll in a way. But yeah. also, I don't think that was entirely their fault. I kept saying to you in our chat, it's like that whole we're only focusing on multiplayer to make it the best uh, it can be. That screams to me the Black Ops 4. Like, no, we got to get this game out the door this year, no matter yeah. what. So we got to cut some stuff. We're going to cut any campaign so we can just focus on this to get that thing out. And it's, it's just PR wasn't... talk. Mm -hmm. They're just saying, okay, well, we clearly didn't put the right pr priorities in here. And we, our investors are saying that they're going to fire all of us if we don't put it out. Mm -hmm. Just deal with it, take the hit, fix it for the next year and a half, and then we'll kill it's, this it's game. Just, it's, just, it's just insane to me that Battlefield now has like what's ostensibly considered the worst game they've ever made. 
just based on the reaction to it. I kind of still think Hardline might be worse, but... Yeah. It worked. Hardline worked. That's the thing. Hardline, no one cared, but it worked. This did one it, was mainline. No, it I did work. It. It, oh, it, it worked. Anyways. No, it worked. That was a big thing, especially coming from Battlefield 4. That was a big thing. Every review said, like, we uh, are happy to inform this game works at a launch. Is it a good game? Did no, it? but it works. So that was it. That was the bare minimum. That wasn't even die. So it's like the expectation for Hardline wasn't there. This is Mainline. The main Swedish studio did this. And it's still like, I mentioned it's like the concurrent player. More people are playing Battlefield 5, Paul, from recent charts. That's insane. That's absolutely insane, especially because you know how Battlefield 5 was received. It's... It's, it's once again, like people want polish even though they're not realizing it i think people are growing past the stage of you being able to drop something that's janky and unrefined mm -hmm. i mean just look at something like new vegas mm -hmm. i don't think that nearly would have been as popular as it is if it had come out again mm -hmm. this year it's because i mean i think i made even the comparison to cyberpunk 2077 to mm -hmm. new vegas and it said both of these games are janky they have like passion to them but it's all messed up and horrible um you take that and say look at the reactions to one versus the other and this is the exact example of that as well mm -hmm. battlefield just cannot come out with something unrefined like this anymore because they already did that that's a problem it's like battlefield <laughs> 4 had already happened they're in battlefield 4 territory again and that's the thing, you only get one shot at redemption. You cannot do two. They're the abusive ex that mm -hmm. says, no, 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 I fixed myself. I, please come back to me. I I'm changed my ways. I fixed yeah. the game. It's going to be great. It's modern day. You're going to get mm -hmm. all the attachments, all the cool stuff. I promise. Just give us $70. Mm -hmm. And not looking good when your free-to-play competition released the same week and was rock solid. Yeah. rock rock solid where everyone was like i have my big battle moments over here i don't need to go spend it in that broken ass game and it's it's just sad it's like it's i to me like vincent pella i know everything that he has touched has always turned gold no matter what because he always even when he was over at call of duty uh after before the uh up until the modern warfare 2 era the infinity war release games were really solid they had a specialness to them and we've talked about that with like yeah. the unique ass atmosphere to Infinity Ward's stories. And then the first two Titanfall games also had a quality to them. Apex Legends, a game that because of their its genre, I wasn't even I wasn't even that big of a fan of, but I respected it because it was like it's insane that this worked. It's insane. I, I'll, I'll eat crow about it because I remember when they announced it and it shadow dropped. I was like, nobody wants this. People want Titanfall 3. It's mm -hmm. going to crash and burn. Yeah, and everyone played it and it became so And then huge. everyone played it um, mm -hmm. because they took Titanfall and put it into a battle royale. The mechanics that were so good on Titanfall and put it there. Absolutely. So. And uh, obviously, then Jedi Fallen Order, um, he oversaw that game. Someone else directed it over, obviously. Yeah. And despite its jank and all that, very highly well regarded game to the point that it finally changed the tune towards EA stance towards single player games. So oh, yeah. So he's done a lot of big stuff, but at what point is that too much? So like, this ironically over at, t at the TV side reminds me a lot of the Arrowverse. Uh, the creator of the of Arrow, Greg Berlanti, one of the main creators, Greg Berlanti, who has Berlanti Productions. Uh -huh. When he was just 
Arrow, and then they added Flash. Those early seasons, great. They started adding more shows and more shows and more shows. The quality plummets. Yeah. Because you cannot do too, you can't do too much. Mm-hmm. You so really it's like, can't. You can't focus on it. They're like, all right, fix the problem. I'll deal with this other thing at the same time. Because my thing is, it it's like they put some pellets a new head for Dice LA, but he still has to oversee respawn. But now he has to oversee all of Dice. It's like, yeah, jeez. It's the only thing he has to see. It's like, does this work? Is it polished? Okay, get out. Is that the because when you have this much, you cannot be in the weeds to all this. Exactly. But I, I think. This would be my hope because EA, here's a big problem with EA, it being a publicly traded company that is always going to be at the mercy of release days and having to piece shareholders for a year and fiscal years, blah, blah, blah. They don't, uh, I would hope maybe with some Pella overseeing this, he actually goes to the top and be like, we need more time. Forget I about, hope. yes. I really hope. Because they all they focus too much on like let's release it now to get our year-end bonuses, but then it's like your reputation's in tatters, and then you 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 lose out on the long-term engagements. It's like I would hope that maybe by putting him in this power position, he can control at the very least, uh, know how to properly pace out the project. So hey, they haven't put him over Viore yet, so that's interesting. Well, at least um he's. <laughs> He's not over everything that they're doing. And Bioware just lost their Dragon Age 4 director again. That's been in development in 2018. So I was like, that's not gonna be a problem. That's that's gonna be a little bit longer before you Dragon Age fans can yes. get your hands on. The and next we already one. announced that they're also working on Mass Effect, which is coming after that. So Mass Effect fans are gonna be starving for even longer now. Mm. So number three, staying on Respawn. In more negative news. While Respawn keeps insisting that Titanfall is part of the developer's DNA, the treatment towards the franchise says otherwise. Out of the blue this week, Respawn announced the immediate delisting of the 2014 multiplayer-only original Titanfall game that's only available on Xbox One and PC from all digital stores and services, where they claim it's still going to have servers live for people who already own the product. This is a move clearly made in response to their inability to cleanse the game from constant DDoS attacks on hackers, and it seems they threw their hands up and cut their losses instead of trying to fix the game that put Respawn on the map. That was so sad reading that. It I don't like, have man, too much that... to say outside of how, like, in agreement with you. It's, it's just so much of a shame that, that they're just giving up. Mm -hmm. They're saying, okay, well, we're going to keep the servers alive because that doesn't take as much maintenance mm -hmm. as fixing the game. And uh, sorry, guys, but we're out kind of a reaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing is that in what's here's what's worse. I think people were still playing Titanfall 1. You can't they get were. into it. Yeah. And you can't take a match in Titanfall 2. It's so hard to load in a, in a multiplayer match. It's so sad. And. Uh, but Apex is still alive, so it's like that's the one that's keeping the lights on over there. One that's gonna print the money for them yes. until whatever else comes out. So yeah, Titanfall will always be a series for me. That a story, it, it will be, always be a story of huge potential, completely mismanaged. This Absolutely. game shouldn't have been an exclusive in the losing platform when it was, and then it shouldn't have been sandwiched released between a Battlefield and Call of Duty. Titanfall and, uh, 2 is just still done so dirty. Mm -hmm. Just if anybody ever wants a cool first person single player experience, just go play Titanfall 2. It's so good. I really didn't expect it, but it's it's 
one step closer to shutting down Titanfall 2, which mm. makes me sad. Yeah. Um, Good thing it has a campaign, though. At the very least, it has that to be able to experience. But it's still so sad because the multiplayer is so good on that game. The feel of that game. It's like, this is... I will not understand how the world, how the universe would allow the creators of Call of Duty to make such a impressive, futuristic follow-up. And its previous creation that was wrestled away from them is still their king of the the king of the hill, like so successful. When the dudes that created the thing were barely making it there. It's like it's so, that to me will always be like such an injustice. What it happened hurts. to it hurts the bad. Yeah, Apex Legends lives on. Final story, Paul. Take two interactive. The I always keep saying is like they it's good that Take Two is not the game the name you see when you load up the games. You see 2K, you see Rockstar. Yeah. But this is in, in, like as a Take Two Interactive as an entity, they're horrendous. Has seemingly sent a trademark claim to Studio Hayslide because of It Takes Two, the critically acclaimed darling from EA Partners. According to business analyst Mike Futter, this trademark conflict means that Hayslide can't protect the name. Not that they will be forced to change it. They can change the name if they want to see copyright protection, but as Futter notes, it'll be a complicated process that's not worth doing. This is just one of the examples of a recent move by Take-Two Interactive of seeking copyright claims of every name imaginable associated with their products and the company despite their generalized real-world use. They're copywriting mafia. They're copywriting civilization. Just as an example. I... Oh, it burns me up because copyright stuff, being a writer as well, um, is so terrifying to me that I can work hard on something and somebody else who's bigger than me says, mm -hmm. oh, no, that's that's ours. Mm -hmm. You either need to change your entire thing after you've already made it or you can never protect it from anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, and I hear that like. I, I read um, Alana Pierce's comments on mm -hmm. it where she said, okay, well, it's also to defend against um, the people that made it takes two from doing the same two take two interactive. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I get it because they're protecting themselves by saying that no one else can take it. But then I also feel like it's not the right spirit of the law. Mm -hmm. Like they're, it's still a scummy thing to do where they're saying, okay, we're so big, we're just going to make it harder on a smaller company. And I don't know, maybe I'm just um, personally invested in the concept of somebody saying that they own a word, mm -hmm. but it burns me up yeah. and it frustrates me so, so, so much that Team Interactive keeps making these heavy corporate decisions that just sound like they're printed out of like an 80s evil kids movie right <laughs> we're going to make sure that you can never say the name of your game again mm. like what is this guys come on yeah it's like um, it's so, especially when it's general yeah. word usage it's like brian it's like that's what's interesting that they that take two interactive properties are are like under so commonly used names yeah like mafia i civilization. Um... <laughs> I actually have like a tiny story. This is actually happening to one of the companies that I work for. Um, their name is Expedia Payment Services. Ooh. And they just received a cease and desist from the Expedia Traveling Company. Mm -hmm. um, the funny thing is 
the company that I work for doesn't have anything to do with that industry, which mm -hmm. should protect them. Yeah. And yet, because Expedia is so much bigger, I was talking to my boss about it and he said, it's literally not worth the effort it takes to fight it and keep the company that I've kept for 20 plus years. Now so he has I have to rebrand. I have to rebrand the name of my own company. And I was just like, how can somebody just do that to you? Where they could walk up and say, we own this word. You cannot use this word ever, whether or not you knew that we existed or whether or not you existed before our company did. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> So it, this makes me fear when the other X button podcast that's on uh, on Spotify, if they grow too big and then they come after us despite us being first, that's gonna it's gonna be that, interesting. Yeah, it's, gonna, uh, it's gonna be a fun one. <laughs> I'll I'll DDoS all their servers, but yes. for legal reasons, <laughs> I have to say that I'm joking. Yeah, um, <laughs> legal stuff in the U.S. always breaks it, my it mind. It blows my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But if so you ever want to like make sense of this legal stuff, I would I would keep recommending him follow Richard Hoglaw, the, yeah. the lawyer that really focuses on video game stuff that really breaks down everything in a very nonpartisan, not like biased way. Like he just presents it to you, whether you like it or not, how things are, which is really cool. So yeah, follow Hoglaw for that. He made a long video explaining this whole process with Take Two, what have they been doing? So, and with that, Paul, that's all the news. And that concludes the episode, an old school style of episode, the third last one for this year. So, oh yeah, because uh, I, don't think, I'm, I don't think I mentioned it here as a kind of like as a housekeeping thing. Yeah, we are finishing the, this run of episodes for 2021 halfway through December. Then we're going to take two week break. There's not going to be any episode going live there. And then when we come back the first week of January, we're going to do... Not news, not top. It's just going to be the topic of what are our games of the year for 2021 yes. because um, I want to use the holiday period to catch up on a bunch of stuff and not have to rush on what is our game of the year right now because I've been noticing I've bought many, I haven't finished many. I want to finish to have at least yeah. the clear one. I don't, I don't want, and I don't want to kind of ride the coattails of what else is receiving game of the year from these other ones because right. I want it to be our own. So, Paul, I'll see you next week. And where can people find you? As always, they can find me at Dork of Art on Twitter and YouTube and at AngelSword21 on Twitch. Um, I just post game design things and uh, a lot of silly memes as well. Alejandro, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter, A underscore Dorosegobia. They can find me on Instagram at AlejandroSegobia93 and at Twitch.tv slash TheSlayerGiant where we may or may not be trying to finish Halo 5 before Halo Infinite officially launches. I mean, it's already out as multiplayer. Definitely play it if you can. And Paul, it's always been a pleasure. And remember... Press X. To play. Good night, everybody. Hasta luego.